from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up, the impeachment trial of former President Donald Trump, which 45 GOP senators have already indicated they question the constitutionality of, begins tomorrow. We'll talk about it with Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. We'll also get her insights into last week's Voterama in the Senate. Did it, as Republican leader Mitch McConnell predict, provide clarity between the priorities of the two parties? And we didn't have to wait long to see what House Speaker Nancy Pelosi meant when she said... The enemy is within the House of Representatives, a a threat that members are concerned about in addition to what is happening outside. She forced through rules mandating all members consent to a search before entering the House chamber. What happens if you bypass Checkpoint Pelosi? Well, Texas Congressman Louie Gohmert found out. He's here to tell us all about it. And last Friday, the U.S. Supreme Court handed down a ruling late uh, Friday night impacting churches in California who were fighting against the overreach of California Governor Gavin Newsom. Pastor Cheon at Rock Church in San Diego was at the center of the case, and he joins us with the details. And President Joe Biden made his first trip to the State Department last week to say... America is back. America is back. Diplomacy is back at the center of our foreign policy. What did he mean? Did America's foreign policy go away in the last four years? Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is here to respond. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Also, mark your calendars. Pray, vote, stand, town hall, the way forward. Wednesday, February the 10th, that's this Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. I'll be joined by Pastor Gary Hamrick, also ADF President and CEO Mike Ferris will be taking your questions. It's live, interactive. To find out more, go to prayvotestand.org. Also, to stay in touch, you can text the word STAND to 67742, and you'll be notified when the town hall meeting begins. Again, text the word STAND to 67742. All right, the Senate, uh, beginning tomorrow, will sit as jurors in the second impeachment trial of former President Donald Trump. Now, how long of a process will this be, and is it nothing more than political theater? Joining me now to talk about this and much more, the uh, senator from Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn. Marsha, welcome back to the program. It is good to be with you. And, Tony, you're exactly right. It is political theater, and this is an unconstitutional impeachment. They're impeaching a former president. I have to tell you, I think the Democrats are now savoring a short because they have realized they opened a Pandora's box. And if you start impeaching former members, then there is a long list of former presidents and former civil officers who could be impeached. Maybe Hillary Clinton for Benghazi or James Comey. The list goes on and on. Yeah, very good point. And let's talk for just a moment about the how this is going to unfold, unfold, because I would if I were Joe Biden, I would be concerned about how this is going to take up a lot of time where the Senate could be working on my agenda that I want to present to the American people. Um, is this going to take up a lot of the Senate's time? Well, it is going to dominate the time because you cannot be doing legislation and working on legislation during the time 
of the impeachment. Remember last year when they impeached President Trump, everything came to a standstill. Why were we not focused on COVID? Because the Democrats were focused on impeachment and nothing could move forward. Now, if they had been If we had been in regular order, if we were watching what was coming out of Wuhan, China, we may have been able to move forward more quickly. But, no, they were intent on moving forward with impeachment. Uh, Very good point. Uh, You know, we lose sight of those things from history, which are very instructive. And that was it was eating up a lot of the time. Uh, and That's we true. could have been. In fact, I remember uh, one of your colleagues, Tom Cotton, trying to get attention to the issue of China and the virus. And no one wanted to pay attention because we were in the middle of the impeachment hearing. So that's correct. Uh, it's going to take time. And it's going to, maybe that's good. Maybe it'll derail Biden's agenda. Of course, he doesn't seem to be wanting to work with Congress too much. He's doing most of it unilaterally through executive orders. But I, I want to talk about last week. And the end of the week, Thursday and Friday, worked late into, well, actually early into the morning hours of, of uh, Friday with the Voterama. This was to pass the budget resolution, which sets the stage for reconciliation, which is the vehicle which they're going to attach the $1.9 trillion uh, relief measure. But at the outset of this, the Republican leader said that this would provide the American people the opportunity to gain clarity between the priorities of the two parties. After nearly 900 votes that took place last Thursday and Friday, do you think that happened? No, it was even more frustrating to the American people because not only has Joe Biden moved forward with executive orders, now what they're doing is unilaterally doing a COVID bill and a budget. And we have had five different spending measures that deal with COVID a bipartisan manner. The Democrats take control, and they are in the go-it-along. They don't want unity. They don't want bipartisanship. They want you to submit to their agenda and conform to their way of doing things. That is how, in their mind, you get unity. So you see where they're coming from with this. So we went through all of our vote process. We did do Votorama. We finished working through the night at 530 a.m. on Friday morning. But then what did they do and what did Joe Manchin and some of the Democrats do? They voted for the Democrats, what they call wraparound amendment, which would strip the amendments that had passed on a bipartisan basis, things like Keystone Pipeline, no money for illegal aliens, things of that nature. Wow. Wow. And you brought we're going to talk about this later with uh, former Secretary Mike Pompeo. But you had amendments uh, to address the the issues that are out there with Iran and China. Yes, indeed, because we do not need to go back into the Iran nuclear deal. We do not need to let China drive what is going to happen with great power competition. But, of course, there's all this soft talk that is around the axis of evil, which is Russia, China, Iran, uh, North Korea. And we know that they are going soft on them. So when Joe Biden Mm -hmm. says that America is back, they're back to their old ways of going soft 
on our adversaries and not supporting our allies. Well, they're they're back, back leading from behind, uh, as they used to under the Obama administration. I want to go back to for a minute. You made references about the the, another uh, COVID-19 relief bill. I, I don't think people realize just how much money has been spent thus far. I mean, we've already spent $3.2 trillion. It wants to add another $1.9 trillion. Uh, we were talking about this on the program Friday, that if if this next bill passes, that will be about $32,000 per American worker, uh, the number of workers that were working at the outset of the virus. That I mean, what has American workers gotten for $32,000? Well, and we're at $3.6 trillion right now, and the 1.9 will put us at $5.5 trillion. And the American workers are seeing their jobs lost. Everybody knows the best economic stimulus is a job. You look at this push for $15 an hour minimum wage, that would remove 1.4 million jobs within one year of that going on the books. All of this with the Paris Climate Accord, Keystone Pipeline, shutting those down. That is 11,000 direct jobs on Keystone alone, and the estimate is it is costing us 1 million jobs. So that's what Joe Biden has done in his first couple of weeks. He has removed 2.4 million jobs from the American workplace. His policies are not about helping the American worker. They're helping China. His policies are not about more jobs that people have worked hard to get. It is, oh, we're going to get you a new green uh, energy job. But guess what? Those jobs don't exist. John Kerry said people can go uh, build solar panels. Do you know out of the 10 manufacturers of solar panels, eight are in China? There's only two that are in the U.S. So this shows you how ludicrous this is. It's nonsense. The the idea that you have people that are trained in one industry that, by the way, made a comeback during the Trump administration and we became energy independent and became a net. uh, We we were exporting oil. Now we want to say we'll send those people over to make, um, you know, uh, windmill windmills and and other non uh, fossil fuel uh, energy devices, that's just, that's just crazy. Um, it is. I, I, it, it just shows how out of, out of touch this administration is and saying whatever they want right. to say uh, without being grounded in reality. Uh, Senator Blackburn, I want to ask you one other question for our, our listeners as you take Now, I know you're going to be stuck on this impeachment for a while, but then uh, we're going to get into the end of the month or probably next month into this reconciliation, budget reconciliation, in which they're going to attach uh, this $1.9 trillion uh, monster of a bill. But are you concerned they're going to put other things into this budget reconciliation that we should be watching for? Of course. And we'll have more about that as they begin to build it out. We know they're going to put a lot of frivolous things in there, like $350 billion to bail out the blue states and cities. And your listeners can follow me at blackburn.senate.gov, and we will keep them informed. And I'm going to go to the floor right now and talk about 
debts and deficit and why all of this matters. All right. Senator Marshall Blackburn, thanks so much for joining us. As always, great to have you. Thank you. And and I do encourage you folks to be watching this. I know a lot of the attention is going to be focused on the impeachment trial, which, as I said at the top of the show, 45 senators have already been on record saying they question the validity of this impeachment. So it's, it's not going to happen. They're not going to impeach uh, former President Trump. This is all political theater. Yeah. I don't know what they hope to accomplish. I think I know what they will accomplish. They're going to make, they're going to further divide the country and infuriate half of America because of what they are doing to President Trump and only solidify the the support that's out there for him and against them for their heavy-handed tactics. Speaking of which, when we come up, uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to be joined by Texas Congressman Louis Gohmert. And I was out this weekend in D.C., and it, it, it is uh, shocking to see what they have done around the Capitol. National Guard, fences, razor wire. I mean, I thought I was in some third world country, but that's just the half of it. Uh, inside the Capitol, they have Checkpoint Pelosi. Members of Congress have to go through metal detectors and consent to searches to go into the House chamber, or they face a penalty. We're going to talk about that with Congressman Louis Gohmert uh, after the break, but I, I will tell you, this is uh, d- very concerning, the heavy-handedness that we see from uh, the Democrats in power. Don't go away. We're coming back right after the break with more Washington Watch. Hey, Matt. Hey, Hannah. What's going on? Why so gloomy? Well, I'm a little disappointed. I had a lot planned to do during the stay-at-home time, and I just didn't do it. Oh, yeah? What did you have planned that you didn't get to do? Well, I was actually hoping I would finally be able to get time to do a regular Bible reading routine, and I started a couple of times. I just didn't stick with it. Don't be too down on yourself. Starting a new routine can be hard, but one way to help is to join in with others and to have a good game plan. I think I have a good solution for you. Oh, yeah? Tony Perkins and FRC are doing a two-year study in the Word. They have it all mapped out. When did they start? I I would be so far behind. Oh, that's not a problem. You can literally jump in any time. There's a daily reading just a couple of chapters a day with questions to help you think about what you're reading. Nice. Where can I find this? Go to frc.org slash Bible, and you can get started. Where's that again? frc.org slash Bible. Got it. Checking it out now. In our time, North Korea remains one of the world's most mysterious countries. Unfortunately, what we do know about North Korea indicates the country is also one of the world's worst abusers of human rights, including violations of religious freedom. The North Korean regime has engaged in an intense crackdown on religion for decades. Today, few religious believers remain, and those who do face grave danger. The secretive nature of the regime, nicknamed the Hermit Kingdom, makes it difficult for American leaders to address these human rights issues. Yet, even though options are limited, the gravity of the situation calls on Western countries to take every action possible to relieve the suffering of the North Korean people, a people who have no chance of speaking up for themselves. To learn more about this important issue, 
Check out FRC's publication titled North Korea, the world's foremost violator of religious freedom. To access the information you need to stay informed, including a list of policy proposals, go to frc.org slash North Korea. Masculinity in America has never been under attack the way it is today. We've reached the point where the term itself is considered toxic or offensive to many. The consistent message in our nation is that masculinity by nature is bad and is the root cause of many of the problems plaguing our society. From his experience as a military combat officer and ordained minister of the gospel, Lieutenant General William Boykin has seen and dealt with firsthand the breakdown of leadership in our nation by the lack of godly men living lives of biblical purpose. In his latest book, Man to Man, Rediscovering Masculinity in a Challenging World, he addresses the essential elements of manhood as a provider, an instructor, a defender, a battle buddy, and a chaplain, and explains how to personally develop these traits and pass them to the next generation. Get your copy today of Man to Man, wherever books are sold. You're listening to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, as I mentioned uh, going into the break, I, I kind of went around the perimeter of the uh, the Capitol this weekend and was uh, just, you know, I'd seen pictures of it, but I hadn't gone down there. Just quite frankly, didn't want to. But I, I was uh, astounded. Um, that's probably an understatement. I mean, it, I've been in the Middle East where there are real terrorist attacks. People with guns actually attack government buildings. And, uh, you know, they've got a lot of security, military presence, but nothing compared to what we've got in downtown D.C. Now, this it's interesting because at the same time that they're erecting all of this security around the Capitol and talking about putting a permanent 10-foot fence, and there's razor wire at the top of this fence, most of the boards are coming off of the establishments like ours here in D.C. that had no protection during the Antifa riots, the Black, Life, Black Lives Matter riots throughout the summer where the city was indifferent, windows smashed, businesses burned. And so the threat for the most part is gone, although Antifa was in town yesterday harassing diners outside saying burn it down. But the, the, the threat is pretty much over. Not on Capitol Hill, as they erect this, uh, I think it's a, like a stage for this political theater that they're putting on. But it, it it's getting to the point where it's outrageous what members of Congress are having to go through. They now have to go through metal detectors or consent to searches before going into the House chamber. It's Checkpoint Pelosi. And if you don't, there is a price to pay. And here to talk about it. Congressman Louis Gomert of the 1st Congressional District. He is a member of the Subcommittee on Crime, Terrorism, and Homeland Security. Uh, Louis, welcome back to the program. Thanks. Always good to be with you, Tony. Thank you. So, Louis, it, it is my understanding that you went out of the House chamber to use the restroom, went back in and bypassed Checkpoint Pelosi and didn't go through a metal detector, and therefore you have been fined. Yeah, well, actually, that's what was put out, uh, and that seems to be media. The fact is, 
I went through the metal detector. The metal detector is on the three main entrances directly into the house floor. But uh, there are two exits from the house floor into the speaker's lobby. One's close to the women's restroom on one end, and the other's close to the men's on the other. And I'm sure Pelosi will want to get rid of those distinctions, the men and women, soon. Uh, But uh, anyway, so I'd gone through the metal detectors. There's no metal detectors there uh, to go out the restroom on either side uh, because they're just right there by the floor. And the officers watch you go in. They watch you come out directly. And as I told them, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys have checked the uh, restroom for guns. There's there's no tanks on the toilet like the Godfather where you could hide a gun. There's no place. But uh, anyway, for weeks, those metal detectors have been there. And uh, I, once she said it's mandatory, I don't think she is, is, can constitutionally do that. But just to avoid the harassment hassle, I've been going through the metal detector, taking the stuff out of my pocket, sitting it down, and then go through. And sometimes uh, they've had the metal detector so sensitive. They're only looking for guns, but they've had it so sensitive that even the metal in a plastic pen will set it off. And, and in fact, uh, there have been members that have been testing just to see how sensitive it is. And it's been extremely sensitive, much, much more so than airports. And they're looking for guns. But I can also tell you, Tony, historically, uh, there's never been a time when when people – Somebody wasn't carrying a gun onto the House floor since there's been a Congress. There have been people that carried guns. I never have. But uh, there, since I've been there 16 years, some people do, and it's never been an issue. Uh, but I would submit that probably two of the least trustworthy people as far as uh, being consistent and honest about the things they say would be the Speaker and Adam Schiff. And yet uh, the speaker, uh, on the same day, I came out, went to the restroom, have never had anybody say, well, you need to be wanted. I'm going, no, that hadn't been a policy at all because there's no metal detector right there by the restroom. And so I went on back in the House chamber. That same day is the day that Speaker Pelosi bypassed the metal detectors altogether. Unlike me, she didn't go through one. She went around to the Speaker's lobby and didn't want, wasn't wanted and went straight on to the House floor. And there are three Republicans that have signed a statement saying exactly that. And not only that, but that same day, I was behind Jeff Duncan and the metal detector before I went through, and a Democratic lady went through, didn't take any metal out, just walked straight through and was nearly into the chamber. And I was looking down and Jeff said, hey, you're not going to say anything to her? She said it off. And so she turned around and came back and started taking out all this massive amount of metal and setting it down. Okay, okay. But you just wonder how many times the Democrats go through. And I can tell you the the uh, 
Capitol Police have already been programmed, be tough on Republicans and, you know, let the Democrats go unless they're yeah. okay with it. So what was the fine that you, you're faced with? $5,000. $5,000. Now, uh, my dear friend Andrew Clyde from Georgia, you know, he was he was a, a gun dealer in Georgia. Uh, he He's... Fighting it, so I'm joining him. We're going to challenge it. This is this is a constitutional issue. This is inhibiting is. you from getting to the House floor to vote to represent your constituents, which is in the Constitution. Exactly. All right. Well, we want to yep. we want to follow this. We want to follow this. So uh, keep us posted, uh, Congressman Louis Gomer, because we want you back on to talk more about this as it develops. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Congressman Louis Gohmert of Texas. I'm telling you, man, this folks, this is uh, this is going too far. And so, uh, by the way, we need to help Louis with his fine. I don't know if we can or not. I'll check. I'll see. I don't want to get him in more trouble. All right. Supreme Court making a decision late Friday night on churches in California. Pastor Cheon of Rock Church joins us next. Don't go away. The history of religious persecution in China is extensive, and many are not aware of the current oppression of religious groups taking place there. China restricts religious practice and oppresses religious minorities on a sweeping scale. This religious persecution targets those of every faith. Christians, Muslims, Tibetan Buddhists, and Falun Gong practitioners are all victims of the Chinese Communist Party's efforts to suppress any set beliefs that might compete with the party's ideology. This campaign against religion has had and continues to have devastating consequences for those who simply wish to live according to their conscience. Family Research Council's recently updated publication addresses China's consistent abuses of human rights and explains why they cannot be treated like any other country. Learn more about this issue by visiting frc.org slash China. Oh, man. What's wrong? I just missed Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, and our congressman was going to be on the show today. Oh, that's not a big deal. What do you mean? Well, you can always catch the replay of the day's show. How's that? With the Stand Firm app. Yeah? Yep, you can catch that day's program and so much more. You can contact your elected officials on campaigns and policies that are important to you with the Take Action tab. You can listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins live and play previous episodes while conveniently going about your day. You can access the Washington Update, informative blogs, tweets, and critical campaigns on the main feed so you can stay up to date on local and national news. Wow, I'd definitely use that. How do you find the app? Just visit frc.org slash app and download or search Stand Firm in the App Store. Okay, that's Stand Firm. Yep, Stand Firm. How do you know all this? Because I'm a SageCon, but that's another story. Huh? Welcome back. I'm Tony Perkins, and this is Washington Watch, the website, TonyPerkins.com. Let me remind you, coming up Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Pray Vote Stand Town Hall, The Way Forward. We'll be live at Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. 
I'll be joined by the pastor, the senior pastor, Gary Hamrick, as well as Mike Ferris with ADF. We'll be taking your questions. To find out more, go to prayvotestand.org. All right, you might remember at the Freedom Sunday event that we did in California back before the election about uh, churches being open and, and meeting again. Uh, one of the pastors that joined us uh, was Pastor Cheon of Rock Church. In fact, I spoke at their church, uh, I think, uh, out there. I don't know if it was the same time, but sometime in the last couple of months. Um, and, and here's what uh, Pastor Cheon had to say at Freedom Sunday. A month ago, I received a letter from our city prosecutor saying that if we continued to meet, I would be arrested, put in jail for one year, and then our church members would be fined up to $1,000 per person. And then finally, they said, we also have the right to arrest your church members. Now, this is kind of crazy because we're not in communist China. We're not in the former Soviet Union. We're in the United States of America. Well, on Friday night, by a vote of 6 to 3, Pastor Cheon of Harvest Rock Church in Pasadena, California, got some good news. And he joins us now to talk about it. Pastor Cheon, welcome back to Washington Watch. Well, thank you, Tony. Thanks for having me. Well, you got some good news uh, after fighting yeah. many months against the, the heavy-handedness of the California authorities. The Supreme Court said you have a right to meet inside. Absolutely. I, to give you an idea how extreme California has been, 49 states have opened up church services, in-person service, some states with uh, limitation, 33 states with no limitation whatsoever. And if it wasn't for the lawsuit winning it with the Supreme Court 6-3 decision, we would still be locked down today. But back in July, when they were just commending all the protesters who were not socially distancing, shouting and protesting, Governor Newsom said your First Amendment rights must be protected. We understand that you will be protected by the government. And yet they locked down the church, and then I get a letter one month later saying that they're going to arrest me just for worshiping Jesus. We're talking about even having the right to arrest church members who are law-abiding, tax-paying people who don't even have a record, and they just want to worship in obedience to Scripture. Uh, Hebrews 10.25, do not forsake the assembling of the saints. And so that's how extreme California has been. And uh, and so we, we sued Governor Newsom, and unfortunately, we lost in the district court and the Ninth Circuit. But I want to thank the Supreme Court, and, of, of course, I want to give glory and praise to Jesus, because ultimately, he's the one who moved on our behalf. And even John Roberts, who's been voting liberal in the past, sided with us and gave us a 6-3 decision that our constitutional rights were violated and the ban has now been lifted. And so the good news is not just for us, really, it's for the body of Christ, and not just in California, it's for the whole United States, and, and I believe in perpetuity, because who knows, next year there could be another virus, and other states could start locking down. And from the very beginning, they deemed abortion clinics essential, marijuana dispensaries essential, liquor stores essential, but the church was not essential. And we wrote a letter to the governor saying that, with all due respect, the church has been essential for the past 2,000 years. We are the salt of the earth, the light of the world, and we will continue to be essential. And so, but now uh, we believe that we've won a case that has established a precedence for future rulings as well. 
I think you're absolutely right. And, and Pastor Cheon, I want to commend you and your uh, fellowship, Harvest Rock, for taking on this, uh, this fight for religious freedom and taking it all the way to the Supreme Court. I know it wasn't easy, uh, but I have to imagine that Sunday uh, was, uh, or yesterday was quite a, a special celebration as you all gathered to worship the Lord. Well, you know, we try to mitigate with a size even, but it was packed. <laughs> the place was full. People were so excited and were so grateful. And again, I want to thank Matt Staver and Liberty Council. They did a magnificent job and uh, truly golly leader, uh, Matt Staver. And uh, he really heard from the Lord. Now, we're not done yet. The reality is that he still imposed a size limitation, and they are still debating about singing. And they wanted to come back and to... Uh, to give back to this Ninth Circuit, that is, and to give our arguments why we should sing and why there should be no limitation. So we're really going for everything. We want total freedom to worship God in spirit and in truth. And if we lose in the Ninth Circuit, we're back before the Supreme Court again. But the big picture, the big thing is that there's no more lockdown for in-person worship, and that's the big victory we want. Well, it is, but we need to get the uh, the whole victory. So thank you for staying in the fight, and uh, we will continue to track this uh, as you make your way back through the court once again. Pastor Cheon, thanks so much for uh, for joining us, and congratulations, and again, uh, our appreciation for you standing. Uh, Antonio, if your people could pray for us, we appreciate that. Thank you. We absolutely will. Great fellowship, as I mentioned, I was out there a few months ago preaching, and it's a great church. Harvest Rock Church in Pasadena, California. Grateful uh, South Bay Pentecostal Church was also uh, in that lawsuit and grateful for those pastors willing to stand up and, and take the heat. But here's what happens. Again, I've said this over and over. When we stand up, even as difficult as it is, we still have a foundation here in this country through our laws to prevail. So don't shrink back. All right, coming up next, Joe Biden goes to the State Department last week, makes his first speech. We're going to be joined by the former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, next. Don't go away. Washington Watch is back after this. Get a trusted perspective on the news of the day every day. Listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins to get honest and in-depth commentary on what's going on in our nation's capital and around the world. Join Family Research Council President Tony Perkins live every weekday on over 800 radio stations across the country. Or listen to the show when it works for you by visiting TonyPerkins.com. On the show, you'll hear from guests like Ben Carson, Senator Josh Hawley, Representative Vicki Hartzler, Molly Hemingway, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Dana Lash, Sissy Graham Lynch, Pastor John MacArthur, Eric Metaxas, Albert Moeller, and more. Tony is joined by leading political figures, pastors, and policy and culture experts who will inspire you to be engaged and informed on the important issues facing America. For a Christian perspective on the news of the day, tune in to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins at TonyPerkins.com. Ever since the Supreme Court handed down its infamous Roe v. Wade decision in 1973 that legalized abortion nationwide, a national debate has raged over whether the government should fund abortion. In 1976, Congress banned taxpayer funding of abortion and Medicaid by passing the Hyde Amendment. Several states have followed suit, passing their own restrictions on abortion funding. However, because government funding is a complex system of joint federal and state programs, 
completely banning taxpayer funding for abortions and abortion businesses like Planned Parenthood is challenging. There is still much work to be done to free the American taxpayer from funding the horrific practice of abortion. Family Research Council's new publication clearly explains the Hyde Amendment and why we need to keep it in order to save taxpayers from being forced to fund abortion. Access this important information by visiting frc.org slash Hyde. What's on your daily or weekly reading list? Are you looking for honest and informative commentary from fellow believers on the current issues facing our culture? Family Research Council has just the thing. Check out FRC's blog at frcblog.com. The content on our blog is written by our policy experts as well as outside contributors. On our blog, you can read about a wide variety of topics, including religious liberty, life, marriage, family, sexuality, public policy, and the culture. Read up on some of our latest titles like Four Disturbing Trends in Religious Freedom Worldwide, Legitimizing Looting Jeopardizes Liberty for All, The Media Still Doesn't Get It, Conservatives Tend to Vote Conservative, and more. At Family Research Council, our mission is to advance faith, family, and freedom in the culture by helping you live out your faith and to stand for truth. Our blog is here to help you do that. Stay informed and get the resources you need at frcblog.com. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, as I mentioned at the top of the program, President Joe Biden made his first trip to the State Department last week. Uh, and in, in part, here's something he had to say. Reclaiming our credibility and moral authority, much of which has been lost. That's why we moved quickly to begin restoring American engagement internationally and earn back our leadership position to catalyze global action on shared challenges. On day one, I signed the paperwork to rejoin the Paris Climate Agreement. America must lead in the face of this existential threat. So that's how we reclaim America's moral authority. We jump on this issue once again, picking up where the Obama administration left off on global warming. Well, joining now to talk about this, about whether or not America actually left the global stage, as uh, President Biden said in his speech, is the former Secretary of State, my good friend, Mike Pompeo. Mike, welcome back to the program. Tony, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Well, uh, Mr. Former Secretary, let me just say thank you for the work that you did. You came on many times to talk about it. I, I have to think that you you found some of the president's remarks shocking, as if he had been in a closet for the last four years. You know, it's it's remarkable. And um, look, I'm happy to give him the benefit of the doubt for a bit here, but the, the world is not the world he described, and it, it's it's not okay to pick just the the fantasy piece that you wish it were. You have to deal with the reality. And so when you when you hear him talk about things like the Paris Climate Accord. Look, most of these countries have been in the Paris Climate Accords for these last four years. We, we left it under President Trump. Well, what did the world get for that? They got a Chinese Communist Party that continues to emit more uh, pollution than any other country in the world, not even coming close to its commitments. These, these commitments are ephemeral. They're voluntary. No, no country is going to destroy its economy for the purpose of executing against the Paris Climate Accords. 
Uh, the United States shouldn't do that. Shouldn't do that either. That's what President Trump, frankly, recognized. It's why we did good work. We actually had years where we reduced CO2 emissions in the United States at a lower rate than, at a higher rate than any other country, and we're proud of that. It was because of innovation, technology, uh, economic improvement, incentive systems, all the things we know in America, Tony. That's that's the right approach. It's the American approach, and it's one that I hope that President Biden and his team will come to understand as well. I, I'm, I'm not maybe uh, be giving them too much of a benefit of the doubt, but, you know, they're just getting started, and I, I want to see how they do. Well, I, I certainly wish them success, and I will be uh, very candid. I, I prayed for you nearly every day, and I prayed for President Trump, and I'm praying for uh, yes, President sir. Biden. Uh, because Yes, sir, of course. I, I, we're, we're instructed to in Scripture, but also I want him to do well. Because if he does well in terms of what's best for America, we all benefit. And so I, I do want him to make the right decisions, and I'm hoping that there will still be some good people around yeah. to give him good advice. I want to go back to a clip I played at the very beginning of the program, uh, a clip number one, because words have meaning. And, and this is going to require some interpretation because, um, well, let's just play the clip. Clip number one. America is back. America is back. Diplomacy is back at the center of our foreign policy. Biden said America is back. Um, did did America go somewhere? Uh, Tony, I, I don't know what he was referring to there precisely. Uh, where we went was to lead from the front, not from the rear. It was uh, uh, a leadership, a foreign policy leadership that understood America first was the right approach. We got it right here in America. Good things would happen all across the world, and you can you can see the results of that. Right? Do you want to go back to the JCPOA with Iran on the march and having more and more money and wealth, or do you like the fact uh, that where we were was we made them poorer, weaker, less capable of fomenting terror around the world, protected our friend and ally Israel, the uh, rightful homeland of the Jewish people. We built out relationships in the region of an enormous coalition of Gulf states and Israel all of whom understood the threat from Iran. I don't want to go back to where right. we were four and a half years ago. I don't think I don't think we want to go back to a, a policy where if the Chinese Communist Party said go left, we went left. Right. They said go right, we went right. We appeased them for, for an awfully long time. And, and President Trump didn't do that. Our team didn't do that. And Americans are safer and more secure as a result of that. So this, this statement requires interpretation. What he, he probably meant was America is at the back, leading from behind, like they did during the Obama administration. <laughs> it, it could be. You know, I saw today that they were going to rejoin the Human Rights Council at the United Nations. I mean, Tony, you, you know this institution. It is fundamentally anti-Semitic. Yes. Uh, it is fundamentally uh, led by uh, countries that have the worst human rights records anywhere in the world. Uh, we said, no, we're not going to participate in that. That's uh, unreformable, is irredeemable, and we left. They've now gone back to that. I just think those things are an enormous mistake. I wish it was a real human rights council, too, but you can't conduct foreign policy based on what you wish was happening. You have to accept facts and reality and deal with those. Well, and, and America's foreign policy under the Trump administration was America first, um, which you know, I don't think we need to make an apology for and that maybe be maybe that's called nationalism. Um, but I actually think it's good to be an American. That's why people want to come here. 
But there's such a contrast between priorities. Uh, You and I talked about this a number of times, uh, Mike, when you were secretary, about the priority of international religious freedom. In fact, just today I had a commission meeting uh, where I still serve as vice chair of the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. But to contrast that with the priorities of this administration shows the difference of, uh, or I guess I should say, the consequences of election. I'm going to play another clip. Uh, clip number three of what he talked about as the example America wants to set. So with your help, the United States will again lead, not just by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That's why my administration has already taken the important step to live our domestic values at home, our democratic values at home. Within hours of taking office, I signed an executive order overturning the hateful, discriminatory Muslim ban, reversed the ban on transgender individuals serving in our military. You know, he talks about this Muslim ban. That was protecting America from those coming to this country that were coming from countries that had a track record of attacking America. Tony, we we could dissect that for a long time. Indeed, what President Trump did was aim to keep Americans safe said till, it, till it's the case that we can figure out who's coming in from these countries and that America can know that who's coming into the country from the into our country from those places doesn't pose a threat to the American people we're, we're not going to permit that to happen again this is this is fact-based common sense foreign policy it makes enormous sense to open the floodgates when you don't have the systems and processes in place to keep the American people safe to protect American jobs all the things would go with the a nation that is sovereign and free. If you get that wrong, Tony, uh, there's there's no international system. There's no multilateral organization that can fix it. Uh, you, uh, I, I've got one more clip I want to play because you you brought it up, fact based, and you you make these decisions based upon guiding principles of America first, what is best in our foreign policy. But um, apparently, Joe Biden takes the President Biden takes uh, takes issue with how the previous administration approaches. Play clip number four. We've restored our commitment to science and to create policies grounded in facts and evidence. I suspect Ben Franklin would approve. We can we can have different opinions, but we're supposed to operate off the same facts. Well, I think I think he's just misread fundamentally what it was that um, I was trying to do as a Secretary of State. I, I'll give you a good example uh, from just the last couple of days. No one disputes that the Houthi rebels in Yemen are terrorists, that they threaten America, that they shout death to Israel, that their motto uh, convokes the very idea that the United States should not exist, that they've launched missiles into Saudi Arabia, that, this, these are, that they kill civilians. These are terrorists. And to to lift the designation of them as such is just is a fantasy. It is it is a wishing something weren't so, and that presents risk. It presents risk to the relationships in the Middle East. It presents risk to Israel. It presents risk to the people of the United States. Just need to have a set of foreign policies that they were elected to run on. I understand they're going to pick different ones than we did, and that indeed their priorities will be different. Right. But you have to ground it in history and facts. And our nation's founding. And if you do that, then uh, you're entitled to your own view of the right course of action. But, Mr. Former Secretary, um, we, we live in such a volatile and dangerous world. You really don't get redos on some of these things. 
uh, because if we make America or our allies more vulnerable, uh, you can't go back and undo that. Uh, are, are there concerns that you have right now about the direction that we're, that this administration is going that could create vulnerabilities for America? Well, I hope they get it right. I hope um, they honor. They, they, they said the right thing. I take them as people who are endeavoring to get it right to protect the American people. But if you allow the policies to go back into place, the ones that were in place under President Obama and Vice President Biden, with respect to China, with respect to Iran, with respect to our borders, all, all the things that the uh, Trump administration did to keep the American people safe, you're, in fact, increasing risk for the American people. That has economic risk. It has risk to our health, as we've seen from this virus. All, all the things that the American people deserve when we raise our right hand to protect and defend the United States Constitution, I, I hope that this administration gets those right. I, I'm rooting for them. Uh, Mike Pompeo, I know you have to, to go catch a flight. One final question for you. It's actually a question I asked you when we were uh, meeting on January the 6th. Uh, actually, the, we were in a meeting when all of the stuff happened at the Capitol. Didn't find out until after we came out of that meeting. But I ask you, based upon your understanding of the world, having served as Secretary of State, CIA Director, Member of Congress, for our listeners um, all across America, mostly uh, believers, what do we need to be praying about right now? Uh, as we look out across the, not only the landscape of America, but around the world. Well, Tony, as you said, we should all pray for our leaders, leaders across the world. Uh, but for America, we need to pray that uh, people uh, continue to do the things that have made this nation so special, right? We worked hard. We take care and raise our families. We involve ourselves in our communities, our religious communities, and our uh, communities that do good projects and good works all across America, if America can restore those values, those traditional set of values, the central understandings that our founders had about this nation, we will continue to be the most exceptional nation in the history of civilization. And we need to work toward that end. Uh, Mike Pompeo, as always, thanks so much for joining us. And again, uh, appreciate your work as both Secretary of State, the Director of the CIA, and as, of course, as a member of Congress. Tony, thank you, sir. So long. All right. Take care. Talk to you soon. Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State, oh, I forgot to mention, also as a, uh, a tank commander in the United States uh, Army. Well, you heard it. We need to be praying, need to be praying for our leaders, but also it, we need to be praying for those core values and ideals that has made America an exceptional nation. I think a large part of what has made, or I think that the critical component that has made America an exceptional nation, which many push back on. And, I, and here's the reason why. America is an exceptional nation, or has been an exceptional nation, because of the favor of God that has been upon us. And the favor of God is upon those who obey God. And and we're kind of running on this like a, like a, like, like a, a truck a car going down the interstate, it, we're kind of coasting on the fumes. The tank is about empty. And, and we need to return to God. And we need to be praying that. And we need to be doing that. We need to be praying that for our own families, for our churches, for our communities, and, and as for a nation so that the favor of God can once again be upon America 
and we can be that exceptional nation. And I make no apologies for wanting America to be a blessed nation, because as a result of America being a blessed nation, we have blessed the entire world. Why do you think people still want to come to this country? They, they want to come to this country because it is a blessed nation. You know, we uh, it really, I think it would be so instructive if uh, every American had to take a trip to some foreign country uh, in the third world. And it would just put so much in perspective. And, and I would say fortunately, I, I guess fortunately, I've had the opportunity to travel to many of those countries, especially in my role at, uh, at USURF, and I've seen firsthand what happens in countries that don't have the freedom or the foundation that we have. We are so blessed as a people. Even in, at our worst day, we are enjoying the blessings that many, many dreamed of around the world. So we need to be praying. We need to be preserving those freedoms by exercising them and being involved. Well, folks, out of time, I want to thank you for joining us. Remember our Pray, Vote, Stand town hall meeting, The Way Forward, February the 10th. Mark your calendars. We are, uh, you can find out more by going to prayvotestand.org. We'll be taking your questions. It'll be at a Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. I'll be joined by Mike Ferris of ADF, Pastor Gary Hamrick as well. And you can be a part of it. To find out more, go to prayvotestand.org. And you can even send in questions in advance. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, prepared, and taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.